1: money. Hey, if you're wondering why we did one sponsorship episode and then the last two we've had none, it's because we're cutting them in uh, succession. And uh, we did one episode with our sponsor and we'll see if they want to be a sponsor anymore. And if anybody else wants to. Yeah, we'd love uh, to have sponsors if it fits. You know, it's got to fit within the DIY money uh, lifestyle. Things that we would use, things that we would be um, interested in. So, anyways, that's We're our. We're not two doing cents like mail order popcorn or random stuff like that. We're not. <laughs> Wait, maybe. No, no, my kids would be totally. A, you know, I make a, I make a stove top popcorn that's like to die for. Coconut oil is the secret. <laughs> you know, golden there's butter there's butter. There's butter and stop. Just stop. That's like me saying just drinking coffee this morning, Daniel. And you'd be like, "No, I'm drinking a South American Arabica bean." Do you get the heirloom kernels from? Uh, just stop! No, we're not going to dissect the popcorn, the corn of the pop, right I'm, now. I'm intrigued? It's unbelievable. Okay, listen, we got to focus. Gosh, I'm focused. All right, here we go. Uh, we've got a, a very interesting question today. Um, I unfortunately forgot this gentleman's name. Do you remember it, Steve? Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. Cameron. Uh, Great question from Cameron. Cameron, what do you got? D-I-Y.
0: Hello, DIY Money. My name is Cameron from Grand Rapids. Love your show. Um, I do have a question for you. I have a family member who has an autoimmune disease, and the need for medical expenses um, come and go. You know, it's hard to really get a grasp on what my expenses are, even
1: after tracking Um, So I divert to just thinking I need to have a larger emergency fund. Um, But my thought is, is this the best route? Are there other options? What do you suggest for somebody who has
0: unpredictable expenses like myself? All right, so I'm going to focus primarily on the unpredictable medical expenses because that's your particular sort of question. Uh, There's a lot of other unpredictable expenses that people can prepare for, but We'll look at it through that lens and I think the same sort of rhythm could apply to other unpredictable expenses. And so uh, we are not quite, not actually anywhere near the same situation as having um, a child with autoimmune. Keep that in mind. But we do have a fairly high deductible insurance in our family. And so that means that uh, anything that happens throughout the year, uh, we pretty much pay out of pocket for the first like thousands of dollars. Uh, we get the, you know, complimentary insurance five to 10% discount or whatever they uh, contractually do between uh, various doctors and so forth. But for the most part, we just pretty much pay whatever the doctors want us to uh, for many months until or unless we hit our deductible. And so uh, we really experienced the brunt of that over the past year as we uh, had a child, had an emergency room visit, and a couple of diagnostic things uh, going on throughout the year to the point where we... Uh, spent quite a bit on medical stuff, and here's the way that we sort of uh, framed it up as far as savings go. So we we have a separate emergency fund, if you will, that's not medical related, and that's we try to kind of conceptually keep that as our you know three to six months of living expenses for non medical emergencies because it just creates a, uh, something that's a little bit easier to manage if you're not constantly pulling from it for doctors bills and so forth. Then what we do, because we have a high-deductible health plan, we also have a, an HSA, health savings account, uh, because we qualify for that with our high-deductible health plan. Now, we are of the mentality in our family that we are not going to use our HSA pre-retirement because there's some significant benefits to actually investing that, like a, a traditional IRA uh, or a 401k, and letting that sit for retirement. There's a, a sort of a third tax benefit there. Uh, that you don't get out of a retirement account, so we're going to let that sit. But it is sort of our backstop. If if the stuff really hit the fan, and we had a very dire year medically, uh, we could tap into that uh, if we needed to. But our plan is not to. Next to that HSA, we have a savings account at Ally paying a paltry percentage that we call our medical fund, and we put our uh, monthly insurance premiums in there and then it gets auto drafted out of there. And we put an additional amount for our medical savings, kind of a rough estimate. And we kind of have a goal for what we want in there. And the way we calculated that goal, it was like, uh, I believe it's, I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me at the moment. It's about 10 or 20% above our annual out of pocket maximum for our health insurance. Remember that your health insurance uh, usually is comprised of two separate important numbers. The first is your deductible. That's what you have to pay before the in- basically the insurance kicks in and starts actually paying things for you. The second is your maximum out-of-pocket expenses. And that's the maximum that the insurance will have you essentially pay out-of-pocket as long as you're a ne- network. That's an important caveat, right? Because if you go uh, out-of-network, especially with uh, some some significant sort of disorders and diseases, you might pay significantly for specialists outside your network. But generally speaking, most people should be concerned with their maximum out-of-pocket. So we essentially set up a secondary, what you could call emergency fund, that's just for medical, and we try to keep our maximum out-of-pocket in there. So in this spreadsheet, what we do is anytime we have extra money, that surplus at the end of our budget, it's kind of a waterfall effect. First it goes to emergency fund, then it goes to fund uh, medical fund to get that up to the level we want it to be. And then anything left over after those two are maxed out, as they kind of get, you know, drawn down after those two are maxed out, uh, then it goes into our general investment, non retirement savings, which is just our wealth building account. And that's, that's what we do. So you're on the right path with, you'll probably have to have a larger emergency fund, how you decide to actually manage and dissect that is up to you.
1: All right. Great answer. Uh, Really good breakdown there of the health insurance, so forth. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, Cameron, our child had for the longest time something that we deemed or was told to us that it was a sensory processing disorder. Uh, We learned very early, our youngest son, that there was something not quite uh, right. And so we explored a variety of things um, from specialists. We even took them out to a uh, sensory processing disorder uh, facility that was out in Denver. It cost a gazillion dollars. It was, oh my goodness. So I've been there. Um, I've been there, and I can tell you a couple of things that uh, it was, it was um, exhausting. I'm just being candid. It was exhausting, and it was sometimes very frustrating because we would get ahead, and we would have extra money saved, and then it would have to go. Now it's my son, right? So I'm blessed to have him, and I'm blessed that that we didn't have to go into debt. That we didn't have to put things on a credit card. I probably would have if I had to, um, and it just would have been what it was. I mean, it, I would have gotten a second job, a third job. I mean, you know, you're going to do whatever you can do for your child, obviously. But what we did was just build it up in the savings account. I mean, we just we just socked money away in the savings account. Now, I don't know how. Um, your uh, family member's uh, situation is, but I know that once we got uh, a genetic mapping done and realized uh, it was a fluke thing, uh, well, I should say it was a God thing, really, uh, that he had fragile X disorder, a legitimate genetic disorder, and that opened a lot of doors. Uh, that opened doors for us to be able to open, I've talked about it on this show, um, an account called an ABLE account. I think that's a state I think that's a national thing. Ours is able now in the state of Kentucky. I think you could Google it and you could check out you know various states. Michigan probably has one. That allows us to save money for him uh, tax free. can be used uh, for medical expenses taken out tax free. And we can save in that account up to a hundred thousand dollars without that uh, hurting his future uh, Medicaid or social Security benefits. And that's a big deal. In fact, I was just going back and forth with uh, my attorney today. Um, believe it or not, regarding a Medicaid trust and uh, whether or not I want to set that up um, immediately or have that come into an existence at my passing. Um, I'm probably uh, erring on the side of setting that up immediately um, and then socking money away into that Medicaid trust. Again, my our son uh, will be eligible for benefits. He could be eligible now. Uh, it's a matter of us going through the, the ridiculous mountains of paperwork and then uh, literally be, being placed on a four- to five-year waiting list for children. There's a lot of uh, programs that are just beyond, um, you know, not just, let's say, Medicaid or Social Security. Uh, but nonetheless, it just takes time and a lot of waiting and so forth. But we're going to do it. So if you, you know, if you haven't, look into those things. I don't know if those type of things you qualify for or not. Um, but it, but it, getting back to what Daniel said and, and getting back to the original point of the question, uh, there's really nothing to do other than, to be socking that money away um, to be really aggressively um, putting that money into savings and knowing, Hey, this is what, you know, this is what it's for. This is what uh, it's going to go, go towards. Um, And, and again, you know, then exploring any and all options out there. So I wish you the best of luck, Derek. I I don't know anything else other other than, or Cameron, I'm sorry, not Derek. Derek's the intern. (laughs) Uh, I don't know anything else other than to say is, is to, you know, keep, keep at it. I know that for my youngest, as challenging and frustrating it is sometimes uh, and especially to think about financially, it is also one of the most motivating things for me um, because there's times when I think, boy, I'm, I'm ready to kind of slow down and uh, take a, take a back seat and uh, you know, kind of let just, you know, let it, let it go through the motions. And then I I realize, you know what, that that's not going to happen. He's not, he doesn't have the luxury of doing that. He's not going to be able to work. Um, He's going to need money. And uh, that's the reality of the situation. So we're going to have to sock that money away from him. So we wish you the best of luck. Uh, we thank you for that uh, that question. Hopefully it, it uh, shed a little light, I hope. Um, keep in there. Hang in there. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, you're a good man, Cameron. And again, thanks for the question. If you're new to the show, what he did was send us a voicemail through his phone. Uh, he recorded it, then dropped it through an email, uh, podcast at diymoney.org. That's podcast at diymoney.org. to follow us on Instagram, diy.money, or join the DIY Tribe on Facebook if you're still on there. And remember, friends, the secret to wealth is fairly simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.